Welcome to another edition of Old School Guns, the podcast that tells you exactly like it is. And uh, here we are, episode 150, 150. And, oh, just for... Just for grins, if you have any questions or any comments, you can email them to me at kbmakel at aol.com. That is kbmakel at aol.com. Or put them onto the comments section on Podbean, and I will answer you. And then I will share your question on the next podcast. So, there's a lot of things, a lot of things happening. First of all, okay, so they, they passed this thing in Washington, this Inflation Reduction Act. And because it's a an appropriations bill, it doesn't need to hit that 60 senator threshold to get past the Senate. So therefore, the Democrats can push this through. And, uh, you know, of course, one of the things it has in it is hiring 80,000 IRS agents and you know this kind of cracks the door on some very very suspicious stuff that the government's been doing for the last couple of years certainly since Biden has been at least notionally in charge I don't think he's in charge of anything you you and you saw that with the announcement of uh, the student loan I don't know if it's forgiveness or whatever it is he doesn't have the power to forgive it so uh, I guess it was another delay. But even for Biden, that was an incoherent speech, rambling about his father and all this. I mean, it was just, it, it's its something that you would see in the assisted living facility. You know, it's its something you would see at the skilled nursing facility, the, the crazy old man who's, who's just babbling on to himself. And that's what we've elected as president. Uh, you know, every time I see him on television, it just shows you how much he's declined. I mean, you can almost see it between speech and speech. You can, you can definitely see some degradation in his mental capacity. So it'll be pretty, pretty interesting to see uh, what he looks like in about a year when he has to start making a decision, if he's still alive. I mean, he's still, in my opinion, very precarious health-wise just due to his age and due to just what he looks like you know just total infirm individual that he is but 80,000 IRS agents now you know you would have to be a complete fool you'd have to be a you'd have to be a Hunter Biden crack level crack smoker to believe that these are just to go after the rich and make sure they pay their fair share hey face it this is a thug army coming after everybody. Uh, 80,000, I think that's, you know, about a third of the Marine Corps. You know, they're, so imagine if they were expanding the Marines by a third. That'd be huge news. Huge. Or adding 80,000 troops to the Army or 80,000 sailors to the Navy or, or airmen to the Air Force or whatever they are in the space force but um, you know this is a huge increase and of course they're armed IRS agents are armed that's and that's where this creaky little door kind of opens you know 
during the during the ammunition shortages, everybody kind of scrutinizes who's buying what, and and face it, the government has been buying and stockpiling. You know, they're the ones stockpiling now. Uh, ammunition for all these alphabet agencies, IRS, probably ATF, FBI, and, and a few you can understand why they might need some ammunition. But I bet you that there are warehouses full of this stuff uh, because they, they bought it because they're expecting super big trouble. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if, you know, all these innocuous warehouses on, on government facilities suddenly open up and there's a million rounds of 9mm or, you know, some other, or 5.56 five, or something else. And the little alphabetters are going to be running in there grabbing cases and hustling back to their taxpayer-provided cars and, and, and all the rest of it. I mean... You know, this is this is stuff that's kind of been out there and nobody really talks about it. But these guys, they buy ammunition what seems to be in excess of their training and operational requirements. So um, everybody kind of thinks, hey, you know, there's something there. 80,000 of these people, I mean, God only knows what they're going to get. And so, you know, also they could get in... When you're hiring that many, and allegedly as quickly as they're trying to hire them, uh, every left-wing radical group, Antifa, and everything else is going to be infiltrating. So you will have these horrid, violent leftists who are going to be infiltrating these organizations. And while it may not have an absolute immediate impact, five years down the road, when these people worm their way up in the organization could be a lot different i mean this is this is the beginning of a police state controlling people financially is about the best and most surreptitious way you can institute a police state and they want it i mean they're trying to control language they, they they're basically muting language through social media you know they're stooges like Zuckerberg and, and the Instagram idiots and you know Twitter and all the rest of it um, you know basically they're controlling people they're controlling language they're controlling and persecuting people and uh, all this is, is happening and and nobody knows what to do uh, obviously you know, in my opinion social media should be classified as a public utility and it needs then all of a sudden you can't infringe on free speech and all that but but somebody will go well you but you can say mean things then and it's like well mr and mrs idiot um that's that's part of what free speech does and you know what you can marginalize that by just ignoring it just ignore it let them let them spout out who cares you know and that goes for the left, the right, the middle, anybody, you know, who cares? But when they're using it to control and face it, they're not, they're not uh, shutting down the left-wingers. It's, it's going to look like what television news looks like, which is this psychotic, sick, um, totally polarized garbage 
Um, you can't believe anything the media really tells you. If you do, uh, you're a fool. If you do, you're a fool. Um, it is absolutely uh, going to be a problem if you believe what they tell you. Because these are people who've openly lied. Go back to Operation Tailwind, where they claimed that, you know, uh, chemical agents were being used in the Vietnam War, chemical warfare, and it turned out to be totally specious, totally false. How many things have they pushed which has been totally false? You know, George W. Bush was a, you know, a service evader. You know, they turned out that turned out to be false. Um, so much of this stuff has just turned out to be fake, yet it's stuff they push. Why are they doing that? why and now it's in social media you know social media is they're using it to control they're controlling trying to control the message control the thought you saw it with the expose of those evil little twitter teachers the ones that are pushing all the gayness and transsexualness and all the rest of that somebody just went and and said yeah this is what they're putting up there and just basically put together a a montage of it and you know Instagram wouldn't have it they they took it down oh this is terrible it's hateful well no it isn't it's just what they're doing in their own words and when you aggregate it and look at it uh, it's it's frightening and, and you know actually Fox News has done the same thing they've aggregated the talking points that the Democratic media gets you know, they'll, they'll basically, you know, they use the same phrase and they'll have a, a snippet from one from each of 20 different shows showing that they're saying the exact same words. That is not a coincidence. That just does not happen. That is part of a coordinated campaign to control what you see and what you hear. And now we're going to have 80,000 IRS agents who are going to go after joe lunch pale middle class guy because you know what they just don't pay enough they don't they're not coughing up enough money for the wild crazy spending in washington and it's insanity and it's wild crazy spending so we'll see how that all uh, how that all works you know another another aspect of this is of course everybody with a functioning brain knows Miralago did not need to be raided. So why would you raid it? Why would you do that? Well, in my mind, there's only one reason. Um, and it's the old, you've seen it in the movies a thousand times. Hey, if I do a raid, I can bring anything in there or say that I found anything and, and frame somebody for guilt. So we don't know what they planted in the things they took from Miralago. But I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of things in there that nobody at Miralago saw or knew anything about because they were planted by the FBI. And face it, the FBI's reputation isn't so good right now. We can still have the Strzok, McCabe, the, the Russian collusion, the fake dossier, yeah, all that, you know, all of that and they expect us to believe them i mean they have no credibility they have no credibility and frankly anything that they have that they say they took from miralago i have to now assume it's just a lie you know i i don't trust them 
they're they're known liars so you can't trust anything they say because it's probably a lie uh, you know and another lie here's another lie that has that just makes me sick it's like remember this this month with Pelosi and her her uh, um, heroic trip to Taiwan and the communist Chinese threatened to shoot down her plane and all the rest of it well if you believe any of that crap um, you're not paying attention I mean face it Pelosi was probably told by the communist Chinese to go there to provide them with the provocation and socialize the idea that Taiwan belongs to them and you know and, and also to stop a few of the things that we're doing to support Taiwan like right now they're telling us we can't have Navy ships uh, go in the the Formosa Strait which is the water in between Taiwan and China international water international waters and they're saying no you can't go through there you can't you can't send your Navy ships in there we've been sending our Navy ships in there well even during World War II so it's been let's just say 1943 that's 60 80 years almost 79 years and now they're telling us we, we quote can't quote unquote do it um, you know they they didn't have the forum to do that before Pelosi quote visited so here she is a quizling who's going down there basically doing their bidding and she gets to look like the big hero and they get to do all these provoking military actions a win-win for Pelosi and the communist Chinese and you know this just didn't come about overnight the, the one China policy was a mistake we never should have agreed to it we should have said look we'll deal with you you know we'll we'll trade with you we'll do all this stuff but you got to recognize Taiwan's an independent country and that's just the way it is the people on that island want nothing to do with you or your system of government sorry um, but instead there's been this fiction that well Taiwan is really kind of part of China but it's governed differently and you know it's it's all this squishy diplomatic nonsense and now the Chinese feel emboldened enough to basically challenge that and they see what happened in Ukraine that no one has taken serious action there because we're not going to risk World War three over a corrupt country like the Ukraine now Ukrainians are nice people and all that but they're just like a lot of other countries they are controlled by a bunch of greedy oligarchs who are you know we're not going to go to World War three for that um, so they're Chinese are figuring Taiwan is the same deal that eventually they can militarily and diplomatically isolated enough so that they just take it over and nobody's gonna say boo about it um, this has also come about because face it in 40 years we've cut our Navy in half um, and the Navy we do have has got some severe problems we bought littoral combat ships and destroyers that haven't even made it through 10 years of service and they're saying we're going to decommission these things they're dogs they're terrible so we've got rather than having the best ships in the world we got some that even the Navy is admitting aren't very useful 
and aren't very good. Um, and it goes on and on. I mean, it's the Zumwalt destroyers and the littoral combat ships. We've spent billions and billions of dollars on these things. And they're going to take these things out of service. Or they're going to, like with the, uh, I think the Zumwalt destroyers, they, they basically said, hey, look, you know, we want 30 of these things. And that would have subsidized the gun development and the ammunition development that it needed. But instead, they only buy four, which meant the gun became too expensive and the ammunition became like a million dollars a round. So consequently, they're going to take the advanced gun system off it. How does how does that you know how does that work? We should have just built more of the destroyers that we already had, and just say, hey, you know, we just crank out a few more of these. You know, that's that's what we need. But we got serious problems, and and Biden is not doing that. I mean, he's he'd rather forgive student loan debt and and play around with all this other freaking nonsense than address the real national security and international problems we have because he's not in charge, because he's not mentally capable. He's not mentally fit, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. But Pelosi was used by the Chinese so that they could do their provocations against Taiwan. And, you know, she, she cooperated fully awesome great to be her great to be that one thing i will will tell you is none of those eighty thousand agents are going to in, investigate pelosi and her drunkard you know felony drunkard husband uh, their investments in china the money they've been making off it over the decades they're not going to invest any bribe and and corruption money that eric swalwell also known as Eric Sewagewell. They're not going to check out Sewagewell to see how much money he's gotten from the communist Chinese that his girlfriend, Wenwen, or whatever her name was, Fang Fang, that Fang Fang was giving him. And they're not going to check out Feinstein, whose driver was a communist Chinese agent for 20 years. And, uh, and her husband made all kinds of money off of dealing with the Chinese. You know, they're not going to investigate any of those people for the bribe and corruption payola that they've gotten over the years. But they'll come after a guy who's, you know, making between forty and $70,000 household income. And they're going to come smoke, smoke that class of people because they hate that people. They see, they see that group of people as being this racist, Trumpist part of the country so i mean if you're a registered republican i would say expect an audit because they can get in all those records they'll see who's a republican and they're gonna they're gonna go after it and the antifa thugs and and all the other creeps are gonna walk we'll see how far that goes in other news they finally have gotten after those 80 percent kits and and you know i told you i've been telling you for a long time that somebody was going to come after those and they have now they're firearms so they've changed the fundamental definition of a firearm to include an 80 percent kit and of course there's no real definition of what an 80 percent kit is so anything kind of shaped like a firearm receiver is now a firearm according to their logic which is illogical but 
you know, so anyway, it goes on and on. And now those companies who are selling them, they basically have to sell them through FFLs. So, you know, it just, it, it obviously was going to happen. And that's because, you know, so many ghost guns were appearing at crimes and in places where they shouldn't be. But of course, who's telling you that? And it's people who are congenital liars who are willing to say anything. The same kind of people who will tell you, and they did it here in Kansas, oh, if you have constitutional carry, that's going to look like the Wild West. People will be shooting and killing each other, blah, 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 blah. They put all that out, and of course it never happened. We've had constitutional carry for years now, and it's actually been a good thing. It actually prevents crime, and they can't stand it. Same thing. How many of these guns are... These things are built by enthusiasts. You know, people who want to build their own gun. I'm not one of those guys. I'll tell you this straight up front. I got no dog in the fight because I don't... um, I don't build ghosts. I don't build guns. I, I don't build guns. You know, that's just wait. That's just me. So I, I'm not. I don't have a dog in the fight. But these are all built by enthusiasts. Everyone who I've known has done this, has been an enthusiast. It goes into the gun safe with the rest of their guns when they're finished with it, and and hum de da. Um, you know, they would have to show me very convincingly and very specifically how many of these are turning up at crime scenes. And if they are, why are they so worried about these and not worried about punishing the other crimes that are associated? If it's a prohibitive person, they're already breaking the law. So now they're breaking, you know, three laws instead of two. Or five laws instead of four. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, they're go- Again, they're going after the wrong thing. They won't go after... They'll go after... in hobbyists who are building quote ghost guns quote unquote but they won't go after fentanyl smugglers that have literally smuggled in enough fentanyl to kill every man woman and child in the United States and it's only a matter of time before somebody dumps a bunch of that into a water supply or something and we have a disaster on our hands but they're letting that stuff just walk through the border they're just letting it walk through and it's criminal it is absolutely criminal but this is what happens when Democrats are in charge because they're inherently unintelligent they inherently the only reason they want to be in power want to be in government is so they can mobilize the mechanics of government against their political opponents it's not to do the right thing it's to punish the other people who they don't like and that's why you can't trust a Democrat. Uh, when somebody tells me they're a registered Democrat, I just assume that they do not have my best interest at, at heart. I mean, I just assume that. And I'll be honest with you, I have nothing to do with registered Democrats. If, you, if somebody tells me they're a Democrat, um, I'm, I'm pretty much done with them. I just sort of avoid them because they're dangerous. And, you know, they could turn into an informant at some point. I mean, if they, they see me parking... They could say, hey, he parked illegally. I'm going to turn him into the police because I don't like him because, you know, he, he I heard him say one time he voted for Trump. Or are they going to make up some charge? I, I don't know. I don't trust Democrat. I wouldn't trust a Democrat as far as I could throw them. I mean, they are, 
They are the other side. I mean, and they've done this. They've done this. Uh, I've known people who've been Democrats, and, you know, I'm sorry. You're all in the same boat now. Uh, you've gone, your party has gone far left radical extremist. It's been radicalized as bad as any Middle Eastern jihadist. And, uh, you know, I, I basically avoid you at all cost because you do not have my best interest at heart. That's for sure. So the 80% kits are gone um, that you could just buy openly. So it's going to be very interesting now how I think the muzzle loader kits are probably still safe for the time being. Although I imagine that in most places they'll, they'll try to use this. If they don't use this law, they'll use this justification to, to regulate those also. Well, and other firearms kind of related uh, stuff. Have, have you noticed the return of the AK? You know, it's, it's kind of amazing. Um, one of the hard lessons that American gun owners, the American gun industry has had to learn is that, you know, foreign producers are just not reliable we learned it with the uh the ak's um you know international sanctions and all the rest of it can turn off the supply in a heartbeat same thing with ammunition you know we we you know we had to learn the hard way about you know russian ammunition so you know it, there's there's a beauty to made in america there's a beauty to it uh, go to DS, DSA, DS Arms, you know, the guys who've, they've made the, they make some ARs, but they, they're, they're really famous for the uh, FAL, you know, the, the copies of the FN, FAL that they make, which are very good guns, very, very good rifles. Um, have they always been perfect? Well, there's probably been some issues here and there, but, but for the most part, they turn out an excellent gun. And you know what the beautiful part about it is? Yo, it's all made in America. There's so... So no capricious president like George H.W. Bush, so no little worm like that can sit there and just do an executive order and just turn off the supply. Uh, same way, uh, we could, you know, we, we there are some uh, HK clones out there. I mean, and okay, you got a clone gun. It's not going to be stamped with the right, the exact right letters and all the rest of it. But you know what? I can live with that. When I want an FAL, I want an FAL. I don't really care about the stampings. And, you know, I'll let the collectors haggle over the original Belgian guns and other things. I just want a good serviceable FAL. So uh, we've learned to do that with that particular example. Now we're, we're learning it with AKs. And some of the AKs that have come out early, early on, you know, they, they didn't quite measure up to the people to the people who really know AKs. But, you know, lately it seems like the quality has been very good and they're out there. And, you know, they still cost more than a a basic AR, but still, at least you can get them. At least they're out there. So, you know, it's that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. And so I hope that that continues and we're able to have a good supply of cool AKs uh, for the future. You know, that's that's a good, very, very good thing. We're going to have to learn the same thing. Uh, we're learning it with ammunition now, 
and there were some companies that were going to make steel cased, you know, kind of that wolf or tull ammo equivalent. It's going to cost more, but okay, at least I can get it. I'd rather I'd rather have that stuff on the shelf for two dollars more a box than look at an empty shelf. <laughs> so. You know, at, at a certain point, we just have to say made in America is the way it's going to go and made in America is the way it's going to be. And uh, overseas suppliers, same thing with primers. We're going to have, somebody's going to have to open up a factory and start making primers. And, you know, as soon as that happens, I'll be a happy camper. That's for darn sure. That is for darn sure. But the return of the AK is a very, very good thing. And I'm, I'm happy to see it. And you know, it it just tells you don't don't buy certain things that are not sustainable. Um, there are certain designs that are always going to be around and always sustainable with spare parts. Those I would buy. Other ones I would shy away from. So that being said, we can start the most interesting part of the podcast, which is questions and answers and say okay so I just got this one and I had to do a follow-up question um, to the listener but here's the here's the question I can't always rack my M&P shield what can I do and the first question I asked is how old is it how many times has it been fired and it's about a year old and it's been fired about a hundred times is this a CCW gun well, it's intended to be, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it because I can't. I have a hard time cocking it, and this comes from a a fairly new female shooter. So, uh, so here is my advice. Uh, number one is go take a good basic pistol class where you can bring this pistol and shoot it. Uh, get one that's that's recommended. Uh, an NRA class is probably going to be fine. And I said, you, you might have to put up with some old windbag who's teaching it or whatever. But they, they, can probably, they can probably help somewhat. The next thing I said is, can you field strip or disassemble the gun to the point where you can put lubrication on the rails so that, you know, it'll slide maybe a little bit more easy. And I said, the next thing to do is to go fire it at least another 100 to 300 times and, and let it work in there. Um, I also passed on a few few tips on how to rack a slide, uh, trying to use some leverage techniques to uh, to make that a little bit easier. Uh, and, and all that's good. I mean, all that's good. The the biggest thing is nine, those small 9mm pistols, everything has a cost. And one of the costs with that is they have very stiff springs on those small small guns. Now, there is an M&P Shield EZ that's made by their custom shop. Whether or not they can modify an existing gun is something that I told her to ask them. So maybe she can send them her gun and they can do something for her. That would be the best. Uh, the other thing was she said, well, while I'm noodling around with this and, and trying to get this to work, I do need a CCW gun. And so uh, 
this and this becomes the long the long story long story is um, this person's in California so consequently some Glocks are not available but if you're a sworn California police officer you can buy them and then they flip them okay um, but they go for two or three times their a used a used Glock 48 or 43x whatever those tiny glocks are they'll go for two to three a used one will go to two or three times the new price because they're so unavailable in California so consequently they were trying to sell those and I said you're probably gonna have the same problem with with those guns there the small nine millimeters are going to have stiff springs um, the thing they steered her away from was a 642 which I told her those guys are just trying to steer you away into a more expensive gun the other thing they told her was you know maybe you need a sig 1911 or a Kimber 1911 and I said stop listening to them now um, they a 1911 is probably not the gun you need if you want to carry CCW and this is this is not a, a particularly large woman this is this is just kind of a modestly you know just an ordinarily built woman who's who's pretty fit because she's she's young and she was a college athlete so um, this is not somebody who's just going to be able to put a 1911 in and inside the waistband holster and get away with it the other thing too is the 1911 is very heavy it's 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 not a great beginner's gun so I steered her away the the other the other issue with that is I would pretty much trust sig out of the box but Kimber you know I don't know that I would trust that immediately out of the box so I steered her back to the 642 I said you can get the any of the J frame 38 specials and, and again here's the lie the guys trying to sell her a 1911 are telling her that the 642 will have terrible recoil and she won't like I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there going well we can mitigate that with some lower powered ammunition don't put plus p ammunition in it use standard 38 special or as you're training with the gun use um, 38 special target loads you know the 148 grain wad cutters you use that um, it, it becomes a lot more manageable and then you can kind of get used to the increase in recoil if you go to the more powerful loads I would never use plus P just because I wouldn't so anyway uh, I'll let you know how this turns out if it if it turns out um, I'll let you know how this goes but I would pursue all that the the lesson here is the is the ruthless character of these gun salesmen who take somebody who doesn't really has a lot of questions and is trying to gain some knowledge and they're just steering them into what they have in the shop and want to sell um, knowing that that person has made a probably a bad purchase with the shield in the first place and you know this is how the gun culture can lose people if you sell people guns that they can't use effectively um, they're not going to stay in the hobby they're not going to stay engaged it isn't like people can buy five or six guns and decide which one uh, is they're not going to keep buying guns hoping the next one works uh, they're going to think hey this isn't for me I need to do something else
and uh, so we kind of lose that so um, you know it's important that this person gets some quality advice I think the best advice right now is go for the 642 take a class and uh, or one of the other you know they, they Smith and Wesson makes several um, 38 special J-frame guns one of those I prefer the 642 because it doesn't have the exposed hammer and that's got some advantages if you shoot it from inside a pocket of a hoodie or something so anyway uh, that was an interesting question the other thing too is it's been fired a hundred times and it's a year old that's not nearly enough practice that sounds like got taken out probably twice and having a hard time cocking it it's frustrating so I don't really want to take it out anymore so um, all of those are warning signs here's another one how do I prep my rifle for a match um, you know that's very that's very interesting I will go with what I do with my military rifle uh, and you can you can translate that over into anything but the first thing I do is make sure it's clean I, I know a lot of people don't cleaning weapons has become this kind of bugaboo like well I don't really do it and, and a lot of it's come from these fool content creators who swear they never clean a gun but you know what something that's clean is good and well lubricated is going to operate better than something that's dirty so you have to clean your weapon make sure the weapon is clean make sure that the sights are tight that none of the screws have come loose and that's whether you've got an optic or whether you just have iron sights just make sure that that's that they're on the setting where they're supposed to be and that none of the screws have come loose you don't want a loose screw um, when it comes to a a rifle that's on a wooden stock there's you know screws that hold the rifle and the stock together the bedding screws or action screws actually is what they're called make sure those are good and tight uh, with my with my military rifle which is an 03A3 uh, before this last match I, I I touched the trigger guard and I felt some play and lo and behold the screws that are holding it in after my last practice session had worked out a little bit so I had to tighten those up um, all those things contribute to accuracy another thing I do is I make sure that you know it's clean the screws the action screws all that stuff is tight another thing I do is for iron sight rifles I like to spray some sight black on the front and the rear sight a glare we've discovered in shooting the old military rifles our matches are in the morning just because of heat where we live we do it in the summer if you wait till the afternoon it, it becomes scorching and, and it becomes you know it's, it's like watching the movie flight of the phoenix you know it's like everybody's out there dehydrating and going crazy so we do it in the morning well the morning sun glinting off of you know the sights can change your point of impact so we have found that using sight black really helps because it gives you that defined sight with no glare and that way if you sight your rifle in in the afternoon because some guys come and they practice with their rifles in the evening before a match you know that week before the match they may be out they get off of work they go out and uh, in the summer it's still light so they go out and practice and you know if you have the same sight picture 
the glare without glare you know you're going to to hit but i've seen guys sight their rifles in in the evening then in the morning with the different glare on the sights uh have a problem and all of a sudden it's like hey, man this thing's hitting six inches higher or it's lower that's usually what it what it is and it's because the front sight post is not as well defined because it's got it's got glare coming off it and the rear sight can be the same thing because you know when you're shooting on a firing line on like a kd range you're out in the sun you're not under cover firing from a bench uh, so it's it's going to present you a slightly different slight sight picture and a slight difference is all it takes so uh, those are things that i immediately do i also check my ammunition make sure i got the right kind enough uh, i make sure that i take a cleaning kit with me a screwdriver a small screwdriver kit you know, and you can get those in walmart they're less than ten dollars usually um, you can actually get both those things a really just a small kit and all that just in case you need it uh, you know those are the those are the biggest things those are the biggest things um, where I see people epically fail and I just saw this uh, in this last match that that we held um, they bring out a rifle that they've never practiced with how they do that and why they do that I do not know the shame of it is we tell everybody the distance we tell them what the target is and everything else so they should be able to come out you, you cannot go into a match cold with a gun that you've never fired at that distance and under those conditions you need a few practice sessions where you can replicate the conditions of the match so you at least feel comfortable with what you're doing and know that your equipment can perform um, you know it's just amazing I just see it all the time guys are are having uh, they have incredible problem and you know when it's younger shooters it just kind of pulls my heartstrings a little bit like I actually saw a kid he's like he was like 15 years old he didn't even he, they loaded up they loaded up he had a 303 which is number one that's a mistake okay the Enfield is a great gun and all that, but it's never going to, it's really not the equal of a Springfield or a Model 1917 or a Swedish Mauser or K31. But if you got it, if that's all you got, that's all you got. Well, they had his grandfather load him some ammunition because they couldn't find any 303 ammunition. And, um, you know, he hit the target three times. Uh, two of them looked pretty straight, and then a third one. Uh, was a complete keyhole and obviously there was something wrong I think what they did was probably loaded some 308 bullets into a 311 or 312 bore 303 and it wasn't stabilizing and they weren't hitting anything you know don't do that to a kid go out and buy them whatever it needs I felt so bad I said hey if you want to shoot it again I'll loan you my 30-06. You know, yeah, I, I got an extra thing of ammo, and, and of course they were they were tired by then and didn't want to do it. But um, you know, I've, I see that, and it's like fire your rifle at least at the range and know if it's 200 yards or 300 yards, at least know that you can hit the target with the ammo you're using. Um, I see a lot of people with trouble with Moisen the Gants because they just they buy ammo. They just set the sight 
and go and it's like you know <coughs> as much as I like the Moisin the Gant rifle um, you just can't take it and a lot of these a lot of these rifles have been just you know they, they came directly from storage and you know their their sights are not the windage can be a problem because they're not windage adjustable you have to adjust that on the front sight and if you don't do that you can wind up six inches to the right or left easily at, at 200 yards so the other thing too is there's a lot of different moisen or i should say 762 by 54 rimmed ammunition out there some of it was machine gun ammunition that's you know 180 grains some of it is rifle ammunition which was 148 grains they will have different point of impact they've been made by that ammunition has been made by probably 10 maybe even 20 different countries over the years so you're going to have variations there so you know you you have to make sure that you adjust you can't just put that thing on 200 and say I'm good to go I got the right ammo the right gun the right sight setting and I'm good to go no you have to test it and you will probably probably have to adjust it because I know I do I know I do so Moisen is actually a tougher gun to match prep than um, you know say a, the O3A3 I like to use because the O3A3 has got a windage adjustable rear sight and so once you got the elevation on you can you can uh, adjust the windage very easily and it, and it works out really good and it has a very thin front post which uh, contributes to some good accuracy on the range so that's how I match prep my rifle okay all right the next question is uh, last couple of podcasts you've had dislike for the what would stoner do rifle and project and I guess that's the question. <clears throat> and the answer is yes. And very quickly, um, I don't like it when people are have invested in something and then use their use their position to promote something that they're financially invested in without letting everybody know. Now, if they come up and said, "Hey, we you know we're investing in this company. It's making this, and we're doing that," that would have been fine. Then I know I'm watching a commercial that they have something to gain from it you know so that's that's fine there people do commercials all the time so I, I don't think the carbine can do anything that uh, basically a lightweight AR carbine can't do you know a thin barrel AR carbine uh, the only advantage that it would have would be the, what would stoner do does have a free floated barrel but in a weapon like that you don't need it I mean you're not looking for optimal accuracy so um, it's it's a an ingenious solution for a non-existent problem so the problem with an AR carbine usually is an accuracy it's you know it might be something else but it's not accuracy so um, that's my biggest that's my biggest beef with it it, it was invested they were invested in it uh, financially and so and didn't tell anybody so that's my biggest deal the other thing too is nothing about it is that revolutionary it's just a collection of the light lightest weight components they could find and and thus they produce a lightweight rifle so it, it goes on it, you know it just kind of goes on with that okay that actually dovetails into our next question is 
Have you noticed the minimalist approach to the AR-15 that a lot of people seem to be taking? And I have, and, and really what that is asking is, there's seems to be a small movement of people who want a lightweight AR, kind of like the what would Stoner do, but it's the same kind of vein, but not that, not that particular build. But they want it with without a forward assist, and in some cases without the uh, dust cover. And I would assume that they probably they don't want a bayonet lug because those aren't really very useful, and they do weigh an ounce or two. Uh, there's probably a few other economies they make to to make them lighter. And I just look at that and I say, you know, what are you really doing? Why would you go through the trouble and and spend the money to to create something that's just it's it doesn't make a difference? And I would actually opine that you know when you take the dust cover off an AR, you you're taking away some of the functionality. You know that dust cover protects that bolt area. Now I realize most people aren't going to be in the mud. We're fighting ISIS in the desert. So they may not need that. I mean, there are, uh, you know, there have been ARs that don't have a dust cover. There have been ARs that don't have a uh, forward assist. Uh, that's that's most of them. You know, a lot of, uh, all the, ret uh, speaking of the retro guns, most of them don't. The Colt SP1s and, and some of the other ones. I'm thinking I got a couple that don't have the uh, forward assist and the you know the question is have you ever used a forward assist and I've used it very very rarely um, the only time I think I've ever really used it or wanted to use it and I didn't have it was in a Colt SP1 when I was hand loading for it and I didn't have a small base die and so, you know, the cartridges would stick just a little, wouldn't go quite fully into battery. Now, if I'd had a forward assist, I could have pumped on that, got it there, and, and it would have uh, fired. Uh, the times I have used a forward assist to seat a cartridge, it's fired and, and cycled no problem. So sometimes it can be just, you know, a little something in there that's that's stopping you, and you push it, push it in. Sometimes it can even be, um, you know, some of the friction, uh, certain magazines can have problems um, when you're cycling with it. And, and basically, it's not anything that there's any crud or any, any obstruction or debris doing it, but somehow the magazine has interfered with the bolt travel. Um, that has happened too. And then you use the forward assist just to push past that point. So... Uh, it's not a bad thing to have. Is it absolutely essential? No. There's, as I said, been thousands and thousands of ARs that, that don't have it, and they operate just fine. Uh, the early version of the M16 did not have it. The Marines never wanted it for some reason. I don't know why, but they never did. Um, I think part of the, the fear with the forward assist has always been that you would close the bolt it would fire, the, somehow the gun would not cycle. And because the weak point on the AR is the manual extraction because of where the uh, charging handle is located, and it's just a flimsy piece of aluminum anyway, 
um, that you would you would have the rifle stuck uh, and no real way to to clear it. You couldn't. There's a lot that you could not do. So, um, you know, I think that's always been the fear is that you would jam it closed and and then it would be something an armorer would have to get to get open and going. I've never experienced that, so I don't know that that is indeed the case. So I would say that, um, you know, that's just the way that is. Um, there's a lot of people taking a minimalist approach, and they want something very, very small, very lightweight, and with as few things on it as possible. But I think, you know, it, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, does it matter? Does it really matter if it has it or not? And the answer is, well, no. You know, so why not have it? You could, you could use it, you know, on that one time where you need to uh, um, do the, you know, you the one time in a thousand where you need it. It's nice to have it. The rest of the time, yeah, it's just a little extra weight, but it doesn't really snag on anything. The uh, dust cover never snags on anything. I don't know why they want to remove that. You just don't save any real weight. And the dust cover was on there for a reason. You know, keep crud out. And, uh, you know, so anyway, uh, yes, there are people taking this minimalist approach. I don't really know what they're getting out of it at the end, that over a just a standard, you know, basic AR. I don't, I don't know that there's any, it seems like they're going through a lot of trouble and not really getting any gain. Oh, what is a good strategy to deal with the inflation we're seeing now? Um, you know, it's talking just broadly. Uh, the best thing you can do is, number one, take care of your car. Because unless you want to buy a new one at these horrid prices, you're probably going to be stuck with it for a while. Um, modify your car if it doesn't meet your needs, if you have a SUV or you have a pickup that needs to do something and rather than buying a new one you might you might consider a modification uh, trip planning so that you're going more than one place uh, so if you're going to the store going here going there that you make one trip with a couple of different stops as opposed to three trips that's that's probably a good thing to do when it comes to food um, Stop going out to eat because that's becoming frighteningly expensive. So learn to cook better and more. Um, if you have any room at all, you need to go back to the World War II model. You need a victory garden. You know, summer's over now, but plan for next year. Uh, a garden uh, can, you know, provide you a lot of stuff. You know, and it's... If you think zucchini and squash and all that, which is the easy to grow stuff, you always know somebody who's got a big garden because they're giving away the zucchini and squash. But, you know, you can take those things and, uh, you know, you can make pickles and, and you can make all kinds of little things out of them. Um, zucchini and squash are good for you, so eat those. Um, you can grow tomatoes. They're fairly easy to grow. You just got to keep keep like some of the animals away from them but you can do all that and you can you can probably reduce your bill quite a bit if you you do that you eat better um you know keeping an eye on sales you know that's always a good idea you know there are a lot of times people turn their nose up at something on sale well you know now we're in the 
the era where you know you got to make every penny count and you know they've told you that inflation is 10 percent they're full of shit inflation is probably more like 25 percent i'll tell you that with food it's outrageous you know the the 24 pack of diet coke which i'm weaning myself off of uh you used to be able to buy those on sale and this is no no lie for about six dollars okay and the normal price was like seven and a half uh now it's the last one i bought was eleven dollars okay that's a hundred percent inflation there basically so you know there's some food that's going up a hundred percent and you know it doesn't matter to you know sleepy joe biden because i don't think the price of tapioca and cream corn and and ice cream is i don't know what those prices have done but i don't think they've gone up very much uh the crack the crack king hunter biden who who seems to be a person who's running our government because he's doing all kinds of things and never getting investigated so he must have some sort of special status and influence but the crack king um you know it's never going to affect him because he's getting millions from our enemies for selling the country out selling access and selling the country out same thing with pelosi same thing with the rest of them um you know it's going to be one of those things where you got to watch every freaking penny and you know the the sad part is inflation already hit the gun hobby industry and everything else it already hit it um you know it started with the uh, pandemic and the the riots and everything else um you know the, the prices on a lot of things basically doubled or tripled primers are insane 25 dollars or 30 dollars in primers is now 120 dollars you know figure out what that inflation rate is so that's already it's already basically hit will it go up more i don't know i don't know that people will buy a thousand primers for 250 dollars i just don't see that happening but you know you never know you never know um if that happens there'll be a radical restructuring of the hobby i think you yeah that could stuff like that could really uh, affect things but anyway um you you sit there and you know how do you do that well you know you're like me i i have to cat in in the shooting hobby i have to cast my own bullets for a lot of things now i used to buy cast bullets now i have to cast my own and now i'm going to get to the point where i'm going to have to go find lead and they're not giving that away anymore used to give away lead but not anymore so um i'll have to go find some scrap lead and go through all that happiness so we'll see how that all shakes um other things that that are going on is uh um you know powder is is harder to get and you're gonna have to figure out uh how to use alternative powders because now you're just gonna have to be able to use what you can buy so those are those are things to do you might have to go in with groups and buy um an eight pound keg and split it i don't know there's a lot of different things that can happen but um you know inflation is hitting super hard and it is hitting at such a rate that there's no way that we're going to get pay increases 
that are going to even come close to compensating this. Um, you know, if you get a four or five percent pay increase, that's huge. That's huge. But if inflation is 10 or 11 percent by their numbers, you're already losing. You're already losing five percent. And if it's closer to the numbers I say it is in food, which is a lot of what we buy, food and gasoline, gasoline is almost doubled. So that's 100%. And food has gone up nearly 100%. I don't care what they say. I see the numbers. I pay the bill. I see the numbers. And they're lying to us when they say it's, oh, it's 9%. I don't know what they're buying. You know? Maybe it's the uh, when the crack king buys a new Rolex, um, you know. Maybe that's only gone up ten percent. <laughs> you know, yeah, their their Tesla cars maybe have only gone up ten percent, but for the rest of us, it's gone up a lot more. So, you know, the best thing to do is you just have to. It's terrible, but you have to economize at every bend, every single bend. Well, that's it. For this edition of Old School Guns, the podcast that tells you exactly like it is. And again, if you have any questions or comments, you can email them to me at kbmakel at aol.com. kbmakel at aol.com. And uh, until next time, this is Old School Guns, out.